This episode of Has It Come To This Podcast was recorded on Monday the 4th of January before the announcement of national lockdown. Everybody out there, I hope you're well, stay strong, and we'll get through this together. Enjoy. Loving you just ain't the right thing to do. Uh, it's uh, has it come to this podcast with me, comedian David Alfie Ward, and as always, my friend. He doesn't like Batman, but he likes Idris Elba in tight leather trousers. It's big man like Ken. Actually, <laughs> 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 what you said, everybody. Uh, you always catch me off guard with these random fucking intros. I, right, right, I, like, yeah. I like it. I do like yes, it. Yeah. Something new I brought in for season two. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, uh, I opened myself with a random lyric last yeah. year. It was last week. It was yeah. Gets, and this week it is uh, a Fleetwood Mac because that's you know <laughs> random. <laughs> that's that's what you do. Uh, yeah. And yeah, no, I always because you don't like Batman, but then you're like, yeah, I like. Uh, uh, need, need for Speed, man. So good, man. Hobbs and Shaw. And all I know from that Hobbs and Shaw, because I've not seen it because oh, yeah. I'm not fucking 12, <laughs> there's a part where they're fighting on top of a train, maybe. Yeah. And uh, Idris Elba is in the tightest of leather trousers. I'm like, yeah. well, that's what you like. Yeah. You know? Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah crack on, mate. Yeah. No, I like <laughs> Idris Elba. He's, do you know what? Last week we had a celebrity crush thing. Idris Elba is actually my celebrity crush. You, I, really, you said this. I know. It's like, true, though. That's, that's why. A, I don't really care. I don't care. Have you, watched him, have you watched him do kickboxing? I haven't, but oh, now that I know that's in existence, <laughs> I will. That's quite a good one. <laughs> didn't, didn't know. Didn't know. Mm. Getting all what, sweaty and stuff. What have, you, what have you been up to <laughs> this week? Anything? Oh, man. Uh, not really. Like, I've, I think it's it's. I think we're preparing for being in another lockdown, you know, everything. Well, we've got put, you know, being put in tier four and stuff like that. I think it's just so unorganized. What does so that mean? And like, we're, 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 I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty um, now confirmed pretty much that we will be going into some lockdown. Cause you know, with this, this incompetent government, we um, get, it gets leaked to the papers beforehand anyway. Yeah. So all the papers, all the talk, are, uh, all the talk all today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, by the time we finish, Scotland this, have done it already. Yeah. And if Scotland do it, then we move because yeah. Scotland have a, a leader that's, you know, not perfect, but better. Yeah. Um. So we just go, Oh, we'll just follow her. But I um, think, I think, I think by the time we finish recording this episode, I've fully prepared to get in my car and be like, yep, Boris Johnson said we're in fucking full lockdown again or whatever bollocks. Um, so yeah, yeah. As it as it stands, we you know we haven't really been able to start back after Christmas, and I think that kind of makes it worse because you, everyone has that. It's that classic thing. Everyone you know builds up to Christmas, has that like week to two weeks off, like eats loads of shit, feels really crap. Wants to get straight back into it and really motivated to start and really motivated to kind of get into it then if we go into another national lockdown where it's like stay at home, which I'm hoping it isn't, if they go into like stay at home, don't leave, that momentum's going to be crushed so many people. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, you know, and it's obviously a big part of, of, of my life, but I do worry um, for, 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 for people's mental health. Mm. Um, you know, and again, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, I get really angry when I hear someone like um, Mr. Boris Johnson say, 
um, uh, he cares about mental health, but you know, he's, he's, his government have put in 10 years of austerity and it, it, it winds me up, but I'm really scared that they are going to be kind of fall through the net again. People that, that, that suffer with, with, with bad mental health. Cause mm. it's already just the talk of it. And my life doesn't change because I've not been able to work through fucking tier one. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's, it's, it's been very, very hard, but just now the thought of just the term national lockdown, you know, it, it, it's think, ma- making me feel making me feel anxious because you just feel like it's this never ending cycle. Yeah, and I think like the problem with the tiered system, as much as they're trying to put up barriers and and uh, you know lock down particular areas, it's funny because when when you know when it was first like Liverpool and and up north and stuff like that, everyone was kind of going, "Ha, they're all fucked. We're mm. here still fucking all cushy." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, they no, then no. come down and then it's like, actually now we're all fucked. So it's like, a, it's, it's, a nev- it's inevitable. Like th- we're going to go into another full lockdown. It's going to, but it's still not going to be the answer. It's still yeah. not going to be the the thing that gets us through it. Like I, I always said, like from even last year where everyone was like, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I was like, you lot are mad if you think fucking 21 is going to be any different. No, no, right. I, I think it's, um, there was a lot of like, uh, like people was like, you kind of thought that at the turn of midnight last, like, you know, at, at, on the tw- 31st of January uh, of December and going into the 1st of January, you'd be like, oh, it's a new year. It's, you know, it's all gone away. It's, it's, so, it's, it's, it's so puppeted. Right? It's even, like- even when pe- enough people are vaccinated that, that, that stuff starts open and the, and the virus, we start to get a hold of the virus and we start to get on top life isn't going to be normal for a long, long time because of the financial repercussions of what's going on. Some companies, so I can only talk about the industry I know, but like I know comedy clubs have gone bust now. So there's going to be less work for me. It's not, so even when it goes, oh, there's going to be less work and more people available for work than ever. No, I think Um, it's it's going to be tough. We're going to go, we're going to go into, you know, if we go into another full lockdown, if there's government support again, then great. But I I honestly believe that the government will be like, do you know what? Just some of you, you're just not going to survive and we're not going to bail you out. You're just going to have to die. As you're well, in terms like, of small businesses, businesses, small businesses that are like, like for ourselves, we haven't been able, like we haven't done a class pretty much and opened our gym to how it used to be for almost a year. You know, mm-hmm. by the time we get to, to March, we're yeah. running a year and they might turn around and say, well, actually, because you haven't reopened and, you know, you're pretty much going to be done. So you may as well just be done now. And do you know what I mean? How do you feel about your business? Let's talk about like, that. It's, it's do quite, you feel you'll be done? Do you feel like you're not going to survive it? I think I think business in in, uh, in name, business in name, of course, like MSP Fitness as a, as a business, as it was originally drafted to be, it, it's not going to survive. It's not going to be no more. As a as a entrepreneur, as a business person, I'm very adaptable, and I feel that there will be another way of doing things. You know, we've had to adapt so much this year. We've had to kind of work out ways of keeping the building. You know, trying to work out generating income from my that's our art page, from you know Daniel doing other stuff, from doing these podcasts, from being creative, and just thinking on your feet. Well, that's you know. the, that's the other thing with with with, with the, the the gym. It's a studio gym, yeah. But then, like before all this, you invested a lot of time and money into building like a a beauty studio, yeah, yeah. for Danielle in that space yeah. as well, yeah. 
and then obviously COVID hits and 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 it's beauty is also one of the one things like personal training. Daniel, Daniel's, training. Daniel's fully it's hard, it's really hard for Danielle because she's like that's it, you know. Beauty for the beauty side of things was only just really starting to get a, get into a groove, so it's not like she, you know, she's got like an abundance of like clients that are just there, ready and waiting. It's going to be a case of when she can open, she'll get what she gets, you know. But at the same time, she's not got enough substantial in there to to keep it going, and she's like, I need to do something else. I need to I need to find something else because she's going to go crazy otherwise, mm. you know. So. You know, we're going to start a podcast together just to give her something to do where she can, you know, we can talk about relationship stuff and whatever and and just be creative. I think in these times when it's all uncertain, when you don't know what's happening, you don't know what's going on, if you can just spend your time rather than twiddling your thumbs, being pissed off at the world, just try and be creative. And I know that's hard. It's easy for me to say because I'm a naturally creative person and it's not so easy for people who, you know, they want to do things, but they just... They can't, their brain can't connect the dots. Yeah. Um, but I think the more you can try and utilize your time to create something, put something in the world that, that makes you happy, it might not make you money. Like this podcast, you know, I put the money, we, we invested in it, we put the time in it. It actually makes me happy. Yeah, 100%. You know, so like you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I have Sunday. ideas to build this into, you know, lots of listeners and where we can maybe get some sponsorship and stuff like that. But that's because of me. And yeah. and in terms of, of of my career, I mean, the one, the one bad thing about um, this all, I mean, the, the one bad thing, I mean, everything's bad about COVID, but it's, uh, it's, it's proved my mum right. I've got nothing to fall back on. <laughs> oh, you go around the world telling jokes, yeah? <laughs> go tell jokes in fucking Kuala Lumpur, yeah, where you got nothing to fall back on. But mum, you know, people are paying for me to fly into Kuala Lumpur. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but there's nothing. I'm like, um, and, and she's right. I got nothing to fall back on. And it's, um, but you know, I, I have this ability to make people smile and laugh and, and, and I'd, I'd like to do that. I'd like to, to do that. I, I know that if I have to then go out and get another career outside of stand up, that I would, um, I would like to help people because being stand up, you help people, you, you make people laugh. And, um, but you know, I, I'd like to maybe work in mental health and you know, talking through lived experience and I'm about to do something with mine that I can't announce yet for legal reasons, yeah. but you know, should my DBS come back and it should come back. Cause I'm quite a good boy. Had one little, quite a good boy. Got, yeah, That's yeah. not what you want to say when you're waiting for a DBS check. Mate. Well, I was quite a good got boy. Got Nick once. Um, um, but it was, it was just drunk with disorderly kind of yeah. thing. So, um, as soon as that comes back, I can announce it. Like but with, with, the thing is with stand up, right? Like, so when you got into stand up, yeah, you know, one, how the fuck, I don't know how does someone get into stand up? Cause I can understand Right, me getting into personal training was a classic. I'm in the gym, I love fitness, oh, I love weights, I could do this, oh, I'm going to do this for a living. And then you realise that it's not all it cracked up to be. You know, it's quite a lot. It's actually, for me, personal training, I don't really say personal training, coaching for me now is more mental than it is physical. Mm. Like the clients I have, it's all mental stuff that I got to go through. I should be a therapist. Well, like like helping them get over their mental boundaries. Yeah, well, because uh, listen, your body will go as far as your mind will take it, right? So yeah. like when you when you quit, you quit. When you want to, when you go through the pain and you go through the, the the suck, as it were, you just you go through it. Like mm. you know, when you first started hitting the bag or you first ran, you felt like, oh, it's so hard. My knees. It's hurt, so hurt. weird. Like I was like, now, I can't do it. My knee. Yeah. Now now I'm doing half an hour up to five k. Whatever yeah. comes first. Um and 
every other day. And uh, sometimes my hip a little bit sore. Sometimes my knees a bit sore. But you see the progress. Oh, I feel so good. And you feel good. I'm, so I'm losing weight as well. You start chasing that. I'm like standing on the scales. I'm like, I've never, you know, I'm, I've, it sounds true. I'm under 17 stone. I'm quite a stocky guy. And mm. I shouldn't, you know, I should be probably around, my BMI should probably be around 15, 15 and a half. But I've always been like high 17, 18. Mm -hmm. And I'm under, I'm high 16s now, but it's like, whoa, look at that. Who's, but that's, who's this but guy? That's, what, that's what everyone chases. You know, the, the only good thing, like going back to like the gym being closed, the only good thing is that the day that we can open up again and be like, we're back, you know, we have opportunity to get a massive, like, almost like start again from scratch and be like, yeah. bring back that buzz. It's almost like, you know, if you went to a garage rave now, You'd be like, oh, my days, I remember this tune. Yeah. Like, oh, and the vibes come back straight away. I bring away. you flowers in the party. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you you bring back that vibe. So I, I'm looking forward to that. My only thing is, can we keep the doors, like, uh, open, open? like not even open, then. but can we keep can we keep the building mm. uh, in, in, in that time? I like, hope so. Like, uh, and yeah. stuff. But like. It's, um, it's, 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 it's a tough time. And to go back to your question, how do, how do, you, get, uh, how do you get into stand-up? Um, I don't know. I always knew I was funny. I always knew. I remember the first time I ever made somebody laugh. It was a family barbecue. And my mum was joking about putting my uncle on the barbecue. And I said, and I must have been about 10 years old, I said, that's one sausage I'm not going to eat. <laughs> and the whole family laughed. And I was like, wow, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I need it. Yeah. Um, and... But stand up isn't the thing that stand up chooses you. You don't choose stand up. Yeah. In terms like you can't like everyone can have a go at stand up, but you you know if you got it pretty quickly. You You've know? got to be quite witty. Because what it, you're doing, you're going into a, a room of hundreds of people and you're you're making them do something against their will in terms of involuntary laugh mm. simultaneously. Mm. Simultaneously. And there's something where you hit a joke and it goes to the back of the room. And then you're met with this roaring laughter yeah. that that I can't describe to you how that feels. Your your skin almost comes off your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I'm very, very, very lucky that I've 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 got to a level where I was doing that more often than not. Um, but then what what is it like? So like you do that and you hit those notes. I can only kind of imagine like when they used to DJ. And you double drop a tune, or you like you bring yeah. a, you drop a banger, and it kind of catches. But everyone that is, is is great. Same, same but that ain't that ain't your music. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah? true, true. It's not. Yeah. So these are these are these are words and thoughts that you thought of in your head. That's made someone else laugh. And but, you've made hundreds, sometimes thousands. I've done. And then what? What do you do when no one laughs? Though. See, this is the question that everyone wants to always ask whenever I meet somebody or I'm on a date with a girl. They go, yeah. "Oh, it's really cool, like you stand up." But they never want to know about that time where how many people make laugh. They want to know about the times where it bombed. It fucking bombed. <laughs> you you ate shit. You died on your ass. And I can. It happens. Yeah. And listen, I don't care who you are. You can, you can from, from like, you know, like Dave Chappelle, uh, Kevin Hart, Bill Ware, Michael McIntyre, all these people, they still eat shit. Yeah, yeah. And they'll tell you today, they're not, no one's ever too big, too famous, too funny to not eat shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of times it happened to me. A few, uh, loads what's the, of, what's little, the worst? What's the one I, that cut I, so deep you there, never forget? I got three. I need to tell you three because they're right. all very different. All right. One time I was at a comedy club the comedy store in Leicester Square, 400 people. And 
I heard somebody clear their throat. Right. Just like, <clears throat> that, that's how quiet it was. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you hang on. You said you, you, no, you I'm, I'm saying my jokes. Yeah. You done your joke. And um, I heard someone go, <clears throat> like, like from the back of the room that, and it was like horrible. And I remember looking at my, my watch and I had, I thought I was on there like 10 minutes by then. I was on there two minutes. Oh shit. And I still had so much time. How long was the set? I was, uh, 12 minutes. Oh shit. And, um, that kind of a experience is what makes or breaks you because mm. if you hold on to that too long and it is horrible, it feels like you've just got the news that a, a very close loved one has died because mm. your your whole body your brain's just going off. And it's how you react to that is whether you're made for stand up or not. Because if you hold on to that for too long, you let that eat you up, that you let that confine you, mm. then it, it will you 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 ain't got what it takes. <sighs> then I've had, I remember doing this a, a black room. Um, what is it in black people room? Black or? people, yeah. So you know, it's what you, know, call, you it. call it a black room. Yeah, yeah, black room. Well, you, you get like rooms um, that are predominantly black audience and predominantly black um, comedians. Okay. And my, my friend Kane Brown used to run it. It was like in the basement of some uh, Caribbean restaurant. Right, like, right. Come down, Dave. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. down. Come down. <laughs> come down to the dungeon. And I remember telling my white ass jokes, and I wasn't too long into it. You know, and I was still very inexperienced to not know how to react. And I just, it was all women. And I hear kissing teeth. Uh. And I'm telling this, <laughs> telling this joke about cheating on my missus. I can't remember the yeah, joke. Was, yeah, yeah, I dropped yeah. it and I heard bear kissing teeth and I thought, fuck. <laughs> and then I said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't. I'm joking. It's a joke. I don't cheat. I'm white. Dead. Which in terms was like, what, so he's saying black men cheat? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And then this one woman, I was like trying to save it back. I was like oh, trying shit. to talk to her. And her weave had like a tint of color in it. So on her weave, when it hit the light from the spotlight, it kind of went like rainbow color. Right. I was like, oh, I like your weave. It, it, it looks like rainbow trout. Because in my head, <laughs> in, my, in my head, like, you know, when you hold up a rainbow, you, you ever seen a rainbow trout? When the light hits it, it looks like rain. That's why it's called rainbow trout. Yeah. But I just said, your, your head looks like fish, wow. like dirty fish. You called the woman a trout. I don't know how I got out of that room alive. Bro, I would have been at, like, you know, bringing you to the ends if, if that was... If I brought you to yeah, yeah, my boy is funny. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's calm. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Get on there. Oh. He's like, oh, David, shut up, bro. Like, oh, Do you know who days. is that? You know, the only person laughing, and I'll never forget it was, did you ever watch Balls of Steel? Yeah. Yeah, Toju, the militant black guy. <laughs> yeah. So Toju's a friend of mine, like, a, you know, um, he's a bit crazy now. I could probably get on the phone right now. He'll be right. like, what are you saying, Dave? And then whenever I speak to Toju on the phone, he'll call me randomly and he'll be like, uh, let's pretend that we're uh, in 48 hours and I'm, you're Nick Nolte and I'm Eddie Murphy. And I'm like, I don't need no partner. <laughs> <laughs> Random. So, yeah. But Toju's at the back and I didn't know him at this stage, laughing his ass off because there is nothing funnier to a comedian than watching another comedian dying, especially if your friend, it's even yeah. funnier. Yeah, start eating shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you'll know it's coming. You'll get there, and you'll be like, "No, this room isn't set up right." You know, and if producer Alex was in the room, he'd he'd back me up. You, you could just know. This what, do mean, what do you mean not set up right? Like, like it, the the stage has to be a certain way. If like they're facing this way or that way, if the light's not right, it won't work. Comedy is 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 so like really? fine margins. Yeah, so that. So then I, you could get there, like, oh, you could turn up and you're like, oh, fuck, this ain't going to work. 
and then lo and behold, it doesn't work. So you just know you're just waiting your turn in this eating shit line. And it's like, it's like somebody like you're seeing a punch coming for your face. Yeah. Right. But the guy is coming across the road, but he's holding his fist up and he's walking towards you, but you can't do nothing can't about do it. Nothing. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's getting closer and he's, he's a big fist and it's got bang. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, and the one, one, one last time where it got rowdy was I was doing a work gig. Um, it was a Christmas gig in a marquee. It was a stage. This is an example how it won't work. Stage, dance floor, big, you know, them like a wedding, like big round yeah, yeah, tables big of 20 right, yeah. people. Yeah. So between the stage and, uh, and the, the, the tables, there's a, there is a, a dance, dance floor. floor yeah. So the, the atmosphere, your, your jokes go boom. Straight drop down. Drop in, yeah, drop, yeah, They, they yeah. just drop. They don't travel. Yeah. The bar is open at the back. It's rowdy. Yeah. That's another thing. So that's an ear distraction. Yeah. Can't get anything, right? I'm MC, and so I'm the guy that keeps coming on, come, and, and, and everybody is just dying on their ass. Good comics dying on their ass. And I started talking to this one table of females because I was getting a little bit of, they were like middle-aged female women. I was getting a little bit of something Energy from them. from them, yeah. And then this one woman, Susan, I'll never forget, she must have been about 60 odd early 60s she took a like she came up on the stage because I was talking to her she started grabbing my dick and my what? balls yeah she tried, trying to finger my arsehole through my jeans and I'm like whoa 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 what's going on here like I was like about 22 at the time yeah and then her husband saw what was going on run on put me in a headlock <laughs> right I'm like a 22 co comedian I ain't been doing it long like I was getting paid 70 pounds for this and I'm oh, getting like shit. sexually abused like imagine I was a 22 year old female, female and, a guy and it was that. like a 60 year old man came yeah, on and started yeah, grabbing yeah, her yeah. vagina Naughty. he'd be arrested yeah 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 and it, this guy puts it so I had to elbow him in, in the ribs to, 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 to let go of me yeah and then the, it was like a break and then me and the comedian like we're not going back on there's like if you don't go back on you don't get paid and it was like just before Christmas oh. and um, yeah and, and the headliner was a, a Canadian comedian called David Tassonis who's a good friend and he's a very clean comedian and he even uh, in, in this table of uh, women in the front the nearest table to the stage one was crying and he was like, oh God, there's always one crying cunt. <laughs> and I'd never hear him say that word. So it was like awful. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, a little bit of in, into, and I, I like, I like saying that actually. I think maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know. Cause we, we, what we want to do is we want to do two episodes maybe. I think, we, I maybe during think lockdown. we should do two, Cause, two episodes. Cause, yeah. Because we're going to have to, it looks likely that after today, we're going to have to go virtually. Mm. So that brings us, maybe we could do an episode where we bring a guest in, could be a comedian, could be someone else that I, you know, that we find quite interesting. So if you would like to see that, let us know. Um, and we, we could maybe bang out two episodes and I don't know. I like, I might, I might just be called, cool, I might call up some of my comedian friends you know, off the podcast, just have a little 10 minute conversation about the worst time they ate shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just, just, to be fair, it's quite interesting because like, you know, when you, like when you look at comedians, like I always looked at it and thought, you just turn up, tell some jokes and then you're testing the waters. A lot, I think, especially at Bob's, mm -hmm. it was probably the most that I, like when I worked to be, yeah, yeah. it was the most I kind of saw like comedy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've never been like, I've gone to a show or I've gone to like a, you know, a big production yeah, or anything yeah. like that. So, 
a lot of when I spoke to some of the comedians out there, a lot of them are like they're just testing out material. Yeah. So what they would do, they they would be kind of like touring, good touring comics, and what they would go to Bob's, and they would do what they call a work in progress show. Sure. So you'll be paying like a cheaper ticket to see somebody that you might listen to their podcast. You might they might have a bit of a following. Yeah. But you're only paying a fiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that some of it might. Be, be shit. Good, Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Because there's, 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 that's the, the, the thing about stand up is now I'm writing a lot of stand up at the moment. I don't, I, I, again, I'm not, because I'm dyslexic, I'm not one of these guys that writes kind of pages. I write the premise and where I want the joke to go. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think in my head, I'm like, this is funny shit. But I, I have no idea if that's funny. And it's not like a, a, a musician. It's not like I'm a guitarist. And I'm like, I really want to know how to play you know we will rock you or whatever mm. so i can sit there in my room and play we will there's only way of me knowing if those jokes if those words are funny is by doing it in front of people I'm putting it out there and um and i don't have that at the moment but what i'm i'm writing all this stuff and i'm having all these stand-up ideas and i ideally what i want is anyone that's ever contributed to the podcast is doing a show and now it have to be where the listenership is but maybe like in bobs or in um in london and filming it as well getting yeah. your help Filming it and then selling it like Fiverr. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think, but that's what I mean. Going back to the original, like, crucial question is like, you have to just be creative. You have to find ways. If you're not able to do stand-up comedy, you have to find a new outlet to do stand-up comedy. Yeah. A new vein of how to get that material tested and get it out. Well, well it's like we, we talk about um, a mental health and everyone says, oh, there's a big, there's a big, um, you know, uh, uh, coincidence between you know, stand up and a lot of stand up comedians suffer from mental health and yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. And maybe it's this want to, to, to make other people laugh because you know how it is to be miserable. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a philosopher. Um, you know, but it's true. And now, now I'm, I'm looking at my suicide attempts and I'm like, what, where can I get the joke in here? Mm. And there is, there's definitely joke. Cause, cause I, you know, and we, we, we could, could, could wrap this into, to saying if you, you are alone, but, I was sent to Kent um, last month when I got back from Paris. The day that I got back from Paris, I was on the Eurostar uh, from Paris to London. And I realized it was two years to the day that I tried to jump in front of a train. And I just thought it was this whole kind of, you know, look how the world has turned. Now I'm on this kind of international train coming back from my first ever huge production. Um, You know, it's funny old world like Mm. that. And I, I often think about that time I tried to jump in front of a train. I was very, very close. Because the guy that pulled me back, um, he pulled me back and my elbow hit the side of the train and it bruised my elbow. That's how close I was. And, um, And that guy had two dogs with him and they were both chihuahuas. And I thought, oh, fuck, if I'm going to get saved by anyone, I don't want to get saved by a guy that's walking chihuahuas, you know? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and uh, there is something funny there. And I yeah. don't know what it is. I don't know what the joke is. You could say maybe it's like, you know, the Avengers coming to town and you getting saved by Hawkeye. Nobody fucking, don't, I don't, don't, don't save me Hawkeye, you know? Yeah, Cause yeah, I can't yeah. tell my friends about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. cause you're a piece of shit Hawkeye. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what the joke is, but I'm, but just that I'm thinking about that just that I'm thinking about putting that on stage is showing that I'm growing and creating. I was going to say that. Is it a way of, cause he, that's, you know, when you told me that, that story about how he kind of, you know, stopped you from walking in front of a train at that particular moment in time. And you know, that you never saw him again. You didn't know who he was. Know. He got on the train. He got, he, yeah. Got on the train. And it, like this, he was like, I'm just going to take my two hours to go like, I don't know. 
they've got to get home or something. He just, you know, I remember looking and I was like, no, not Chihuahua, man. And then the station attendant jumped on me. And, you know, it just, but the fact that, that for, for years when I go on stage, I've got this persona of, um, of this laddie lad and, and I am a laddie lad. I am, but that's not all I am. And that's mm. not, not everything I am. And I think it's about time that I now start to really expand my stand up voice and stop just trying to be this club comic that, that, that says, Oh, I'll talk about this because I know this is funny and I know how to make people laugh and I'm naturally good. Like you said to me a few times, you know, I'm, I'm not running on a hundred percent. I never have been running on a hundred percent in my stand up career. Yeah. I've done less than 600 gigs, which is nothing. People will do that in a year and I've been doing it seven years, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but in that time I've played most of the biggest comedy clubs in the world, you know, yeah. bar America. I've played yeah. a couple, but not, you know, so you're talking Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, South Africa, mainland Europe, England. That's unheard of. Yeah, I, I, you know, but this is this is why I think, and I've I've let my natural ability just take me that far, mm. and now I I'm like if I want to earn and, and craft this, if you this put if you put form, some effort into it, if you put some effort into it, you can kind of go further, you know, yeah. Like it is it is the biggest thing for anyone that's struggling to process what 2021 is going to be like. All you can control is your effort in whatever it is, if you can put the most effort you can into whatever it is you want to do, you know, just yeah. put effort into it. Just, just do it the best you can possibly do it. You don't, you'll be surprised how much you get back from it when you know that you smashed it, you know, yeah. even down to fucking cooking dinner. Like yeah. the simplest little things. If you go out your way, go, actually, I'm going to follow this recipe. I'm going to make this meal. Danielle's been doing this, by the way. She's been cooking dinners, bruv. I don't even want to put this on. Is the she airwaves. a cook or no? She's not. She's a shit cook, but <laughs> she has improved so much. Yeah, right. I always have a joke with Danielle. I say I want thirteen percent. Yeah, thirteen percent. Yeah, and everyone goes, "What the fuck? Thirteen percent? That's all I want. Thirteen percent more effort. Right. That's all I want. Thirteen percent. And the reason I say thirteen percent because if I said I want fifty percent more effort, I want one hundred percent. People hear that, they forget about that. Mm. You won't forget that now, will you? 13% so random. Well, no, so when you gave me the, your, your Peloton, it was like 10% is better than yeah, yeah, no percent. Yeah. And I still have to type that in every time I want to do meditation. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, fuck yes. off, Ken. That's <laughs> it. I'm deep in it. I'm going into your psyche. But Danielle's been cooking and she cooked me the other day some peri-peri chicken, a whole chicken, right? She spatchcocked it, done it in the oven. It landed in my top three. Best chickens of she all put time. put some lemon wedges between the... If you're spatchcooking a chicken, cut some lemon wedges and put it between the breasts and the legs. Right. And then the juices will drip into the meat. Wow. She, she, I mean, as I said, I am to the point where I'm like, I'm looking forward to round two. Now, the biggest pressure she will have is doing it a second time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Could could have been a fluke, innit? Could have been a fluke. I can't wait. I hope the summer's good and we're like vaccinated and uh, you and Danielle can come here. We'll do a barbecue, invite yeah, some people around, show people the studio, yeah, man. have some drinks and I'll show you how to make fucking <laughs> you chicken. But while we're on it, I was going to do a bit later on in the podcast, but while we're on it and I spoke about my suicide attempt there and that was only just one of them, unfortunately. It's okay to be that low because, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with it. And it, it's completely natural to when you feel like the world's against you. So if you are feeling like that, and especially if, if we are going into lockdown and, and it's going to be a tough, like I spoke to my friend Faye, who is a um, tropical disease specialist. And she told me, and this was just before Christmas, that 
it's going to get rough. It's going to get bad. The hospitals are worse than they were in the, the peak of the last year. So it's going to be a tough January and February. There's no doubt about that, but it's okay to say that you're not okay and that you're not coping well with it. And there's people out there that are willing to listen. You can message me on uh, Instagram at David Alfie Ward, uh, or if you are in crisis and you're feeling suicidal, call the Samaritans on 116123. Uh, I, I did um, uh, when I was... <laughs> suicidal uh you know i have been a few times in my life so i've called them before and they are good and they listen and they are they are understanding and of course like mind calm uh these these sites are very good to go on and they they point you in the right direction to find help in your local area as well so you're not alone and um has it come to this podcast is here for you and with that we'll move on to some questions because aiden clark says why should you never whisper in somebody's ear as they're falling asleep? Now, I want to add to this because I don't know if this is Irish tradition, a gypsy tradition, or it's just something my dad said. But he used to say, never lie to somebody as they're falling asleep. Never lie to never, somebody. Never lie to somebody as they're falling asleep. So never go, never go, Boris Johnson's a capable prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> the lies. <laughs> I'm, I, I probably wouldn't say... Uh, by the way, I just uh, I lost hundred thousand pounds on uh, Betfred. Betfred, <laughs> oh god, Bet, yeah. Just just tell them, just confess and work. Because what Danielle do if you like lost a load of money? Yeah, and, legit, and she, this is what she'll do. I'll be like, babe, I just lost. Oh, let's be sensible, babe. I just lost five hundred pounds on on the UFC. She'll be like, what? You just lost five hundred pounds? No, you didn't. Oh yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Hey, but I swear I did. You're you're chatting shit. You didn't lose. You didn't. And then she'll give me a look. There'll be a moment where her mind is steep in my mind, and she's like, "If this motherfucker's lying to me, I'm gonna be pissed. If this motherfucker's telling the truth, I'm gonna be pissed." So since she just goes into pissed mode, like, and you kind of like prod a little bit more at your peril, and then see if she explodes or not. But most times she won't believe me. Yeah. There's been times when I've taken her right to the edge of her believing that I've done it till she goes, I can't believe you. I'm like, babe, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, stupid. Come on now. Don't be silly. So I've done that so many times now. She wouldn't give me a a Krispy Kreme though, would you? So fuck you. Why would I? I can't give you anything, David. End of. Not even your love. Um, (laughs) Fahana says, what? uh, Where's the worst place? (laughs) This is funny from Fahana. Um, What's the worst place you get caught watching uh, watching porn? The worst place I have or or could get? I suppose the worst place to get, she doesn't specify, where's the worst place to get caught watching porn? If you've got a personal story, all the better. I I don't. But but if not. I guess the the worst place. You've never been caught caught watching porn? No. Never been caught having a wank? No. How? To be honest, I only got caught once. When did you get caught? I got caught by... Um, I'm surprised you only got caught once. I got caught... I reckon, do you know what? I reckon more people have already seen you wanking and gone, oh, fuck's sake, he's at it again. And just left and you didn't even know. I reckon... Yeah, that's what... Reckon- yeah, but then... No, no, no. They did for a while and then I got sacked from working at that school, so... <laughs> I reckon your mum's seen you plenty of times. Ah, uh, uh, he's, he's at it again. Yeah. He's just at it again. Um, uh, no, a, a, a guy that lived across the road from me, Scott, He's a couple of years younger than me. Hunter is what all the lads called him. He used to play football with us. Like we used to do bit five aside Tuesday evening, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes Hunter would come and play if we needed an extra player. And I remember thinking, yeah, just have a quick wank before I go play football. And then I hear Hunter, my, my, my bedroom was the, the top bedroom leaving out. So I could hear Hunter knocking at the door. And I was like, oh, almost done. Do you know what I mean? 
finish up, wash my hands, you know, go play football with Hannah. Yeah. My uncle answered the door, goes, yeah, he's up in his bedroom. And I was in the vinegar streak. You know what a vinegar streak is? Can't go back. When you, the point of no return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like li- trying to lift up my, but I was, it was, he was like, oh, you're having a wink. And I was like, yes, uh, I am. Now get out of my room, Hunter, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's the only yeah. time I've ever been caught. Never, never had, never had that, unfortunately. No? No, well, it's not unfortunate. I just, no. No, fair enough. I know. I, I, every time I talk to you, I feel like fucking elbow. I need to like go back You're in time. You're a prude, man. Yeah. You're a prude, man. I'm, I never thought I was, but I guess I am. Uh, I need to get on the dirty side of life. Nick, Nick says, what, what song best sums up the time you lost your virginity? <laughs> it's not really a song. It's more like a, like a movie. Like I lost my virginity to Con Air. Have you ever seen that film, no, Nicolas Cage? That sounds old, old as shit. Do you know it? what's weird? Actually, as I'm going to say this out loud, and I've never said this out loud, I lost my virginity watching a film about a load of convicts breaking out of jail. Oh, is that what that's about? Yeah, pretty much. It's like one of those old mm. school Nicolas so, Cage classic. Is there is there a song to this? No. <laughs> Just the theme sheet. No, no, well, the thing is, when I think of that, if I was to think of that film, oh. And then think of the so- a song that reminds me of that film. Which is, he's got the whole world. <laughs> that, song, that's a song about God. No, but the worst part. No, about, you're going to on, hell. Hang on, you're going to hang hell. On, hang on. The worst part about that song in the scene that it's in, it's where a convicted sex offender, child sex oh offender. Oh my God. Is sitting in a pool in the middle of nowhere with, it's the pool's empty, with a little girl playing tea party and I can't remember the guy's name the actor's name but like you know the he's been in loads of films he's got like really googly eye type things he was in like Broadwalk Empire and stuff yeah I know the guy yeah um, so really skinny like plays that teenager goes, what up kids in like some yeah SNL like, sketch or something so like, like yeah he's sitting there looking all gaunt and she's like are you sick are you sick and he's like yeah I'm pretty sick and I'm like oh my god He's actually a child sex offender and he's like got a child in front of him. So the fact that kind of ruins the whole thing okay. for me. So yeah. yeah. I, thanks, I, thanks I, for I, sharing. I basically, like, yeah. I don't, I've, into that? I've never lost well, my virginity. The, the song that best sums up my losing my virginity was Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. Everybody, I lost my virginity in in an alleyway, and uh, and that's the Aristocats. Oh, what best sums up? Oh, do you know what? I'm I'm deep in the question now. Uh, well, yeah, you so just exposed that you was watching some nonsense while you was yeah. I might edit that out. Yeah, yeah so uh... <laughs> don't, don't, don't. It stays in. I swear, if that's gone. If that is gone. I swear. Well, no one will know. No. Well, only I will know. You, only you would know. Um, okay, so what best sums up? Um, I, I don't know I'm going to stick with my so mine was yeah. uh, Aristocats because I lost it in an alleyway I was 14 years old my boy Pascal was having a 16th birthday in a pub wow you know those pubs that like you're just in some back road and there's all houses and there's a pub you're yeah, like yeah, why yeah. is there a pub there it's yeah, not yeah, a high and it was one of those um, that was shutting com- down yeah someone just converted their house into yeah, a pub and it was shutting down and they let Pascal have a 18th but it was his 16th, 16th in the birthday pub. party. Make some money. They didn't care. Yeah. So, um, and I was always a bit of a Jack the Lad, like in terms of I could pull a girl, which meant when you're 14, if you're at little house parties and that, putting a girl's kissing a girl. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Getting a little I'd girl. always get a little kiss and stuff. Mm. And I said to my friend Joe, I was there, I was like, point out a girl and I'll pull her. Like, oh, that, that's what like I said. That, yeah? What? Yeah. Straight down, lay down the lot, yeah, bang, boom. pulled out. And he pulled, pointed at this girl, Ellie, her name was, because I walked up to her and I went, I never met this girl in my life. And I said, if I can guess your surname, you have to kiss me. 
And she goes, fair enough. I don't know who the fuck you are. You don't know who the fuck I am. And I said that, you know, when the music's loud, so you have to speak in the ear. So I said, if you, she went, fair enough. So then I went to her other ear and I said, what's your surname? And she went, Taylor. What's that? So, uh, no, no. so then I went back to her original ear and I said, Taylor. What? Are you trying to do some Jedi mind trick bollocks? And then she just kissed me. It was the, that, that was, that was, that was the game that I thought, wow. yeah. And then, but to my friend Joe, who was standing at the bar, who'd never like, never really kissed. He was really bad with girls. He, he, just saw whisper, he was like, whisper, what the fuck? Like, he saw two whispers and a kiss. And then I started fingering her on the dance floor. And then she was like, let's go outside. And then we found this alleyway and around the back of this pub. And I said, how far do you want to go? And she said, all the way. And we did wow. in the alleyway. And uh, yeah. Everybody, fifteen minutes, mate. Fifteen minutes. The, the party had finished when I come out. Oh shit! Yeah, everyone was out waiting for cabs, and they knew what we had done. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Everett says, uh, "Intrigued to know what kind of airport traveller you lads are." Uh, I'm a relaxed type. Get there when I get there, but my wife is very anal. She's like, "Get there three hours before." Type. Happy New Year. Love the pod. So I used to. I used to when I travelled because I I was like you at one point. I did travel quite a lot. Um, but I remember going on a lad's holiday and this was like, not the first lad's holiday, but like it was the first one with most of the man them. And by the man them, I mean all of my black friends who are late as fuck all the time. So it was like four of us. We kind of come up to the airport, like check in. You're supposed to be there like two, three hours before we're like 45 minutes in or whatever. And my friend's like, oh, brother, I want to smoke a cigarette. And back then, you know, you used to have like little sections in the airport where you could smoke, right? Inside? Inside, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're man. old as shit, man. <laughs> You're old as shit. <laughs> so like, I remember I, was, I used to film a lot. Like, so film like all the time, all the back end stuff. And I was filming out, filming this plane because it was a monarch. Is it Monarch? Yeah, Monarch flight, right? Yeah, they, they don't exist anymore. Oh, I don't doubt it. They were fucking shit. <laughs> so like, I'm filming this plane thinking, oh, that'll make good video content of like the plane and yeah. da, da, da. And I'm sitting there filming it and it was like, that was our plane that we were <laughs> supposed so to be on. I um, was boarding. So it was like, like we hear a call, like last, you know, you get that yeah. ding, 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 last call for flight something, 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 something. And I was like, bro, that's our flight. I look on the board. Cause everyone's like, yeah, but we're going on holiday, man. Yeah, chilling, chilling. I was like, buff, that's our fucking flight. I was filming our plane. So we've run. When I tell you, bruv, have you ever run full sprint with a wheelie fucking suitcase? And if you get a, if you get on a straight and you're running, the suitcase stays on a, on a straight. It's all good. But it gets a little bump and, then, and the thing turns like into some fucking yeah, ricochet, right? I've never run. So we're trying to run stuff. for this thing. Bruv, I've never, I'm a big fat boy these days. Like I still am now, but like, so for me, running's not one of the, my, even the escalators that like pull you forward. I was like having to run on them to keep up with everybody. <laughs> right? And we get there and literally they were like, we were just about to close. Lucky, isn't it? Just about to close. And you only get on a plane. Again, big guy, right? Big guy, just been running for a good, what feels like 20 minutes is only like two, but like full on across the airport. I get on this plane and it wasn't like, cause we we're cheap ass bastards. We didn't have the same seats with each other. No one bought the same thing. Mm. So we we're all over the, the airplane. And I get this seat in the middle. In the middle. Between these two people. And they've already settled. You know, when you get in a seat and you settle both arms, boom. And I had to sit in this middle cause I wanted extra leg room. And the seats were so narrow, both my legs hugged aside, 
and I had no elbow space. So I sat with my arms crossed in front of me. Mm, so you can imagine, I just feel like a tuna, like in a can right now. I'm just sitting there like, oh my days. Bruv, the whole flight. I couldn't even negotiate an arm space. They bo- like, Where were you going? Uh, we was going to Malia. Yeah, it's a couple of hours. So, but, brother, I'm like, I've got the leg room, but I, I can't, I can't put my elbow. So Malia down. might be longer than that. I don't three know, hours? two, three hours, I think it was. But yeah, that. So after that, I'm getting there three hours before. Fuck that waiting shit. I'm, I'm shit. nah, man. I, I know, I know my role. I know my role in life now. I used to be like, yeah, let's get there early, and now I'm like, especially I used to when I'm touring, I'm going from it. Airport to airport. The the trick is you want to be one of the last to check in because then, especially if you're a long haul, where you're gonna be on there like you know for for fucking eight hours plus. Yeah. You la- one of the last to check in because then you say to the guy or the girl. Usually I try and line up so I get called by a girl, but you can never guarantee because sure, sure. a little flirting. Oh, you got the prettiest eyes in the world. I know I have. Thanks, ding, babe. Ding, ding. <laughs> um, and then uh, any upgrades going? I've never been upgraded, uh, but I always say because everybody by then, if you're one of the last check in, everybody's got their seat. So I say, is there any empty rows in the plane? And they yeah. go, yeah, there's a few at the back. And I go, can you put me on there? Move and I know that I've got all three or four yeah, seats yeah, yeah, to myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little trick, trick for you there. Here's a true story. So when me and Daniel went to Thailand. Obviously, we flew there, and we had to do like a uh, like an internal flight. Mm. No, was it an internal flight? No, it's a connecting flight. No, yeah. it's a connecting flight. So we've got ticket four hundred one or whatever, and so we was in uh, Beijing, and we got this connecting flight. As we get on the plane, so I'm looking at the seats. I'm thinking, okay, like oh four hundred one. Yeah, we're here. Like bomb. Sit down in these chairs, and everyone, and we're just talking, not paying much attention. I sat in business class. <laughs> I hadn't realised. The plane wasn't full, so it was pretty like How empty. How did you not realise? Bro, I didn't... Upper business. Like, oh, no, 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 no that, that, that one between business it's and... Wasn't, it wasn't like a, its own pod. Yeah, like, yeah, It's yeah. like you still went the same... You no, still no, went the same no, way as I economy. Know. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought it's it like was premium that premium economy. Yeah, so, I, so the seats were a bit bigger yeah, yeah. and a bit more space. And then so we're sitting there. Again, I'm talking to Danielle. The plane isn't a busy plane because it's a connecting flight. It wasn't full. So I've not thought nothing of it. It's a couple other people scattered about. Anyway, the plane takes off. Stewards come up and down. Next thing they bring us slippers, like bring us all these things. And I was like, I'm getting this stuff. And I'm like, babe, I think we're in the wrong seats, you know? <laughs> and she's like, what? I was like, yeah, shh, don't say nothing. Don't say anything. Come on, dinners be served up. The food, bro. I know. Yeah, I know. They take their piss. You may as well be eating dog food I, in that next Another bit. Another thing that they do, if you sit at the last back aisle where I usually go because they're empty, then they usually get down to you and they're like, oh, we've only got the fish option or they've only got this option. I'm yeah. like, well, I'm allergic. And they're like, <gasps> and they panic. And then and someone from first class comes, well, we can do you, we can do you a, a roast beef tatar. <laughs> like, right, well, yes, we'll have that there. But like, I was like, fuck. Like, so the whole flight, it was like the best upgrade ever. And I was like, yeah, we definitely just upgraded ourselves. Was, yeah, it's great, just, man. Just, just sat there, didn't say Yeah, anything. no, never, never have, uh, you know, if you're listening British Airways, fucking upgrade me, you type bastard. Emirates is the best one, apparently. Yeah, they are, yeah. But yeah. any of those Middle East ones, because they pay, that's why you always connect. When you connected, you would have you would have gone through Dubai or something because yeah, the oil's yeah, yeah. so cheap. So they don't pay as much for their fuel because the right. oil's so cheap. Right. So then they can put more money into that the, 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 the in, into the, the plane. Yeah, the luxuries. So there you go. Um, Lou says, if you could bring back an old old, old trend, i.e., clothes or hairstyle, what would it be? From any any time. Well, yeah, it don't have to be a time that you were. No, it's got to be nineties, really, for me. Like, I don't. I don't do you know? I'm gonna bring, people dress like in the nineties. You know what I'm gonna bring back? I'm gonna bring back MC Hammer pants. 
Then they just look like you shit yourself. Nah, if you could rock the waistcoat as well, then you're you're sick. Or actually, fuck that. Do you know a trend that I would bring back? Do you ever remember Crisscross? You might be too young. I know the song, but I don't know. What but can you remember the trend they started? They used to wear their clothes they, backwards. Why would you bring that back? <laughs> why not? It's an iconic trend, like because it's so stupid. Do you, do you know what I was thinking of the other day? Do you, yeah, remember, do you remember five day pass? Yeah, on the buses. <laughs> See, we are a different era, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Five day, five day Vodafone. I think no. It's, oh, oh, yeah, it's Vodafone. Vodafone. You should do five pound. Right. You get five days unlimited texts and calls to other Vodafone. I can't afford credit. It went to seven pound fifty. All the man then went. Oh, bro, I can't do that, man. Bro, seven. It was free voice note. Like voicemail used to be basically voice notes. What voice notes is now on WhatsApp? What? Basically voicemail. So we used to be like, well, you didn't have to pay for voicemail. No, voicemail used to be free. So what you would do, you would voicemail, leave a voicemail, and say, "Hey, man, we're coming down to the park. Where are you?" Then you wait. You get a voicemail back. Yeah, man, we're at the park now. Bro. You make this shit up. I'm legit 100%. 100%. We, had, we had five day pass and then and drop call. You drop calls and you'd have like- Yeah, drop calls. Drop, call. drop call was a standard. That was on a house phone. Do you, do you remember, did you ever, I don't know if you would have. So, uh, you, somebody text, picked up a drop call. No, no, no. If you text- The house phone. The house yes, phone. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruv, I used my, to read it so out. One, yeah. of my, one of our good, my childhood friends, right, John Jay, like, he's one of my brother's friends. He, he is a fucking comedian. He should be a comedian, but like he's too lazy, right? So like- he was the funniest one out of all of us. He used to leave fucking, text, send text messages to my mom's house phone. Oh, don't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll come home from work and he'd be like, Get, obviously you get the computer voice yeah. like hello Dawn I've been watching you and, <laughs> and all this kind of shit and literally would send these long ass messages and they were most like it was fucking I hilarious. remember the first time I discovered that that, that happened it was like the funniest thing in it the world it was fucking hilarious um, yeah no five day pass was anyway yeah uh, what would I bring back I don't know do you know what I, I used to wear some clobber I tell you when I was like 17, 18 I, we didn't have any money and um, my one of my, my best friend brother guy's cousin worked in officers club. Yeah. Now, officers club outfit. weren't even that. Officers it wasn't even outfit. It wasn't too. even like you didn't want to shop in officers club. If you had money, you yeah, wouldn't go yeah, there, yeah, but yeah, we didn't yeah. have money. And he would legit, this guy, Daniel, his name was legend would like, we'd go around to pick what we wanted. Yeah. And he would like scan through one pair of socks or something like that. And he just would walk out with a bag. And and I had this one top from Officers Club and it was like one of the most expensive things there. And what was that, like 12 pounds? And and it was like a a, a t-shirt and it had like this, it almost like had a built-in kind of like, um, not scarf, but it was like a this material that go around your neck. Yeah, but it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I thought I looked so sick in it. Yeah. And then I got in a fight the first night and it got ripped. And oh. I was like, oh man, not even mad. I'm not even mad. <laughs> I was mad. I was bare mad. I remember that. Like when we when I was doing security in, in like a shopping center and outfit, the, guy, the manager there was like, oh, he, some staff hadn't turned up or whatever. And he was like stressing. I was like, oh, I'll give you a hand. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can give me a hand, that'll be sick, brother. Like, because he's got to do all this work or whatever. He's like, I can't pay you, but you can have whatever you want. And so me and my friends, like, we just went there and it was just like a full shopping spree as payment for helping him do a stock tech or or whatever. And literally I was like, I felt like the man was like, oh my, look all these new clothes I got. But yeah, you're right. The most expensive thing was like 12. Grand. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a night. It, like if you, it wasn't a place It wasn't a JD Sports yeah, or yeah, a Foot Locker. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was, um, it was discounted. Uh, it, was always, always, it always had 60% off discount oh, posted down sale. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. 
<laughs> so and that's all we've got time for this week. So with that bombshell, it's a bye from me. I love how you do a Jeremy Clarkson, that bombshell. It's not just Jeremy Clarkson. It is. That's his, that's his thing. Anyway, it's a bye from me. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to go punch a producer. <laughs>